Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So why do so few Christians only give about 3% instead of at least starting with 10? Which by the way, there's more than that. There's offerings and alms, but just in the tithing area. This is why, because most Christ followers think the money is their money. People get uncomfortable when pastors bring up the topic of money. Members get defensive or self-righteous, suspecting that someone's angling for a raise or fancier stuff for the facility. Pastor Mark's going to tackle this topic today from a biblical standpoint. You'll hear about who really owns all your stuff and who you're responsible to for it. You'll learn that your attitude toward money is a pretty good barometer of your overall spiritual maturity. If you've struggled with giving, for whatever reason, today's teaching is one that will challenge and encourage you in your spiritual growth. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in John chapter 15 as he continues his message, Spiritual Fruit Equals Generous. Now, here's the problem. Even though most Christ followers know what God says about money, they don't believe it, and they don't practice it. 2.8% is what they give of their money. Well, how can that be? Let's take a look. I'm going to give you five principles. You're going to love them. Number one, God owns everything we have. If you begin to understand these five principles, it'll change your whole outlook on life. God owns everything we have. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So God simply owns what you have, what you are, and we're his managers. Here's number two. God holds each Christ follower responsible to manage not your resources, by the way, your time is God's. We talked about that with your breath. We're responsible here in Melbourne and Vieira to manage his resources. We're to be good managers because one day I'm going to give an account of how I use my time and my talents and my possessions and my abilities. I'm going to give an answer to that. Now, if you look around at our campus today, what kind of resources has God given us that we have to manage here at our campuses? Well, right here in Melbourne and Vieira, we have beautiful church buildings. 
In Sebastian, we rent a great school that has a thousand seats. We have parking lots and radio programs, an incredible website, live webcasting. Lots of you are enjoying it right now. School of ministry, benevolence ministry, missionaries around the world, pastors and staff at all of our campuses that will take care of you and your children from birth all the way to the grave. All of that's happened. We have all these resources. Now, how did these resources happen at our places of worship? How did they happen? Let me explain to you how it works. Some of you probably don't know how it works. So it's very clear how it works. How did we get all this stuff? And how do we keep it going? Here's how it works. The pastors and the elders go to their individual campus every single Monday morning. And we pray on that campus. So the pastors and elders that are here go here and Vera and Sebastian. And we pray every Monday morning, about 5.30 in the morning, we pray. And after we pray, we just look up to heaven and God sends all the money right down to us in our hands of how we operate for the rest of the week. You got to come some Monday. It's fantastic. It's terrific. Just show up at 5.30 in the morning and you watch the elders going, thank you, Lord. And here it comes, man. And we just bring it in and put it in the offering. Maybe not. You might be new to this church and go, wow, that's fantastic. Relax, relax. Well, how does God provide all our resources? Well, here's number three. God's work on earth is accomplished by generous giving Christ followers. Now, I'm going to teach you a principle. If you'll see it and understand it, it will change your life forever. I'm going to ask Ken to come up. And uh, as Ken comes up, I'm going to tell you uh, the two players this morning, okay? I'm going to be God. <laughs> I can be God because I'm the pastor. <laughs> and Ken is going to be you. Ken is going to be you. Now, let me ask you a question. Do we have a generous God? Yes, yes we do. So here's a $100 bill. And God gives this to Ken. Now, Ken, whose money is that? It's God's. Boy, he didn't even have to, because I told him to say that. <laughs> Some of you would go, uh, that's mine. No, it isn't. So, Ken is given $100 by God to him. By the way, that's what your paycheck looks like. He said, no, 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 God doesn't give me my paycheck. Hello. Does he? Yes, he does. The scripture says God gives us the ability to get wealth. Oh, no, it's because I'm a great investor. Really? How have you done the last few years? So what does God want now from Ken? Can you tell me what God wants from Ken? He wants how much back? $10 back. He wants $10 back. Now, can you get that deal anywhere? Can you go anywhere? Can you go into a store and get the deal that I just showed you? No, you cannot. So all God wants back from the start is what? Ten. How much does Ken have now? What's, what's he supposed to do with that? Use it for him, his family, ministry, giving, and be generous with that. If he does that, what does God do again? I'm not rich, so I don't have another $100 bill, but he'll, he'll give it to him, right? Thank you, Ken. Thank you so much. Give Ken a hand. 
Now, let me ask you a question. Does that make sense to you? Can you see how generous God is? You say, Pastor Martin, what was that that you just did? What do you call that? Well, here's what you call it. Take a look. Write it down. New way to define it. What is tithing? Tithing is 10%. 10% of 100 is 10 bucks. Tithing. Notice, not giving to God, returning to God. Returning 10% of God's money back to him. Leviticus 27 says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain or soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord. God has given us a way so that you and I can be generous with the world. And it's never about you and I getting it and keeping it. Pastor Mark, where do I give this tithe? The scripture says you give it to where you're being spiritually fed. Where are you being fed? In CCM and all of our campuses. That's where we give it. Now, here's another question. Turn to Matthew 6.24. Pastor Mark, why do so few Christians actually tithe? In other words, the giving of Christians is about 2.8% is what they give. Why not 10%? And by the way, that figure is just this year. It's really never gone above 3%. Why is that giving like that? Well, here's why. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So why do so few Christians only give about 3%? instead of at least starting with 10, which by the way, there's more than that. There's offerings and alms, but just in the tithing area, this is why, because most Christ followers think the money is their money. They never relate it that God gave them that money and it's his money. So here's what I want you to write today. And I think it will be clear to you. Most Christ followers, the reason they're not generous the reason they're stingy is because they don't believe what they have in their hand comes from God. It's theirs, and they can do what they want with it. So most Christ followers are actually controlled by their money. But God says, no, you missed the whole principle. Christ followers, you should be in control of my money. So that's the problem that we have. If you will understand that everything you have is God's and all he asks back in the financial area is 10% off the top, you will begin to see how generous God really is. Now, Pastor Mark, what are the benefits of giving to God generously? Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Notice what it says. Honor the Lord with your what? Say it with me. With your, with your wealth. With the first fruits, 10% off the top. Of all your crops, not the last fruits, not the rotten apples, the first fruits. Then, say it with me, then, if I do that, what will God do? Well, he's a generous God. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, your vats will brim with new wine. So here's number four. Write it down of the five principles that I'm actually giving you. Write it down, and it'll make sense to you. Number four, here it is. Be generous with God. And he will be generous with you. See, we don't get it. 
It goes against our nature. Jesus simply said it, but we don't understand it either. Jesus said it's better to give than it is to receive. Pastor Mark, that's like goes against my nature. Yeah, because we have a sinful nature. Giving generously is for our benefit. God designed it that way. When we give off the top to God, what three things happen in my life? And I'm going to give you a challenge at the end. Write these down very quickly. When I give the way God asks, what happens in my life? Number one, it keeps God first in my life. When off of my check that comes in, 500 bucks in a week, 1,000 bucks in a week, when I give that 10% off the top, right first, before taxes, what happens? I put God first. That's where he always wants to be. I've just put him first. Number two, it increases our faith. Now, many of you are going to say, that, Pastor Mark, there's no way I could give 10%. There's impossible. I'm in debt. And, I'm, and of course, all those situations are there. We know that. But if you'll start honoring God and then do some budgeting that is just common sense, you'll be out of your mind with blessings from God. But it is a stretch of your faith. God, there's no way on paper I can do this. Let me just tell you, you'll see it later. It isn't on paper. It's by faith. It will stretch your faith. And number three, if you'll do it, what are the blessings? You're going to get to enjoy God's promised blessings. Notice what we just said. Your barns will be filled to overflowing. Now turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This is where Paul has a lot to say. And we're going to read it together, all of you at the campuses, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. You'll see where it is. It's very easy to read it, and it will make a lot of sense. As you're going there, let me just say this. Everything we're going to look at is about your heart. It's not about your head. And let me just say this up front to you. As we read the scripture, when you get done, you're going to go, some of you are going to say, okay, I'm going to have to give. I'm going to give grudgingly. I'm going to give because it's the right thing to do. Let me just say to you, and I've been saying this for 20 years, so you understand. And I don't mean it in a negative way. If you can't give to God cheerfully, please do not give. Not a dime. Number one, God doesn't need your money. Number two, we don't need your money. See, the only way you're going to be blessed is if you give cheerfully. From the heart, not from the head. And I'm very serious about that. I'm not trying to be mad to you, angry to you. It's just a common sense. Giving to God because you have to is a waste of your time. God doesn't need your money. We don't need it. So look at verse 6. Paul says, remember this. Why does he say remember this? Because we forget it. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously, there's that word, will reap generously. Each man should give what the pastor has told him to give. That's the Balmer translation. No, you'll never hear that in this church. You'll never be given an envelope. Nobody here, no pastor here knows what anybody gives. So if you're sweating, that's your problem, not mine. Each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give. Not reluctantly, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Why does God love a cheerful giver? Because God is a cheerful giver. So, you can either give generously and cheerfully, or sparingly and grudgingly. And God will reward you in like manner. You can either store up treasure here on the earth, where at death you will lose it all, 
We know that. Or you can store it up in heaven and enjoy it forever. I came across that this this week. I love this statement. Listen to this. Someone has said, every possession we have is premature junk. Now just think about that for a moment. I like it. We had a garage sale in our subdivision last week. I saw premature junk everywhere on the street. Now look at verse 8. And God is able to make all grace amount to you so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. What that simply means is, if you give with the right attitude and you give generously, God will give back to you. And you will be able to have all you need, not everything you want. This isn't about prosperity gospel. If I do this, Pastor Mark, I'm going to give this week this 10%. I'm going down to Sam's to get that 87-inch television that I saw. And praise God, he's going to give it to me. No, that's foolishness. He will provide everything you need so you can be taking care of yourself and your family, and you can start to be generous with others. Because see, the more we give, in the way we give, how much does he give back to us? In the same amount. But you don't understand that. The majority of Christians, again, I don't know what percent it is here in the church. I have no clue. I have no way to know. I don't want to know. I obviously, in my heart, believe it's way more than a few of you tithe. Many of you do. But just think about this. Linda and I have done this for more than 46 years. We did it before we got married. And I want you to read my lips. If you'll obey God, you will never outgive God. Period. So, Pastor Mark, I'm unsure. Well, let me show you how you can be sure. Look at verse 11. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be, what's the word? Generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. God makes us generous so we can what? Meet the needs of others. Now, I'm about to give you a challenge. We've spent the last few weeks talking about being sticky, not just walking into church, hearing a nice teaching. Pastor Mark, was a nice sermon. Thank you very much. But to take the word and start applying it in our lives. See, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I ask you to do? So I'm not responsible to do what you can only do. So I'm going to ask you in a moment, I'm going to give you a challenge that comes from God. You'll never see this challenge anywhere else in the Bible. Basically, God's going to say this, prove me. Prove me wrong or prove me right. So I want you to already begin thinking about this. I want you to get sticky with the truth that's going to come. I'm going to ask every single one of you, for the next 10 weeks, starting this next week, to tithe. Pastor Mark, that's impossible. I didn't say it was possible or impossible. You can do it. You get together with your spouse, or if you're a single parent, whatever, say, this isn't, I'm boring, I'm down below, all the excuses. You just do it, and here's what you'll discover. God will provide for you. I just want you to do it for 10 weeks. I won't know who's doing it and who isn't doing it. It's a, it's, it's a risk of your faith, but you're going to see the promise from God. So I'm very serious about this. 
Because I think it will, if you get it, just like that little principle, if you just give back to God, now, again, like I just said, you, you can't do this and then go out and be, well, I'm going to buy a new house, I'm going to buy a new car, whatever. No, that's why one of the reasons you don't give, because you're in debt up to your ears. But if you'll do this and start managing his money, you'll be free. Do you understand what heavy debt does? You're in bondage to it. Money controls you instead of you controlling God's money. It's not too late to start doing right, and you start with the tithe. By the way, some of you are a little smirky out there. Pastor Mark, I've been giving 10% all my life. How many years have you been a Christian? 30? Still 10, huh? Could you ever, like, go to 11? Oh, that's too much of a risk. Well, those of you who've been giving forever, go. Linda and I, we way more for years and years and years and continue to give more and more. J.C. Penney, when he died, was giving over 90% of his money to the Lord. Of course, he died with no money. Those of you that have been to Christians a while, just to go back there and go, wow, this is great for somebody else. No, no, challenge yourself for the next 10 weeks. Here's the scripture. Malachi, last book of the Bible. Here's what God says. Bring all the tithes, the 10%, into the storehouse, into the place where you're fed, the church, so there will be enough food in my temple. In other words, to operate the church and do all the things we need to do. If you do, says the Lord Almighty, I will open, God will, I will open the windows of heaven for you, and I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Then look how he ends it. Try it. Let me prove it to you. That's the test. So that's the test I want you to take, all of us. Just do it and watch what happens. If at the end of 10 weeks it doesn't work, you take that up with God. <laughs> Some people say, Pastor Mike, you should say double your money back. I would never do that because it's going to work. It will work. And you'll be shocked out of your mind when it works. I told you I was giving you five principles. I've given you four. Here's the fifth. Write it down. See, God isn't just interested in your money, which is actually his money. Number five, give yourself every part of you to God. You see, when we come to the New Testament, lots of people like to argue about tithing, Old Testament, New Testament, all that stuff. I don't go into all that jazz. When you get to the New Testament, God says, I'm not just interested in your money. I want you. I want every part of you. Romans chapter 12. And dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way, this is truly the way to worship him. So I want you to think about that today, to give yourself to God. And when I give myself to God, it includes my time. It includes my talents. It includes the finances. It includes my possessions. It includes everything that I am. I just willingly offer myself. Notice, not as a dead sacrifice, but as a living sacrifice to God. We're so glad you joined us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. During this unusual time in our world's history, we want to reassure you of your Creator's love for you. God is still on the throne and is fully in control of your life and of what's happening in the world around you. 
We also want to let you know that Calvary Chapel Melbourne is continuing to offer church every Saturday evening and Sunday morning, and you're invited to join us. Though we can't be physically present with one another, we do still want to connect with you. Join Pastor Mark this weekend on Facebook, YouTube, Roku, and at calvaryccm.com forward slash live. Services will begin streaming at 6 p.m. on Saturday and 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. on Sunday. You can find out more at our website. Again, that's calvaryccm.com. We look forward to worshiping with you virtually and hopefully soon in person. If you'd like to explore more teachings from Pastor Mark in this series right now, you'll also find them online, along with more information about the church and this ministry. Would you do us a favor? Would you be praying for Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne staff during this time? We appreciate you lifting us up to the Lord. Please pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ across the nation too. This is a great way to support one another when we can't be in each other's company. That's all we have time for today. Join Pastor Mark next time to continue studying through the powerful Word of God right here on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.